Gonzalo No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. The battered Herons, that is. How you doing, Chris? I'm good, my friend. This is a beautiful, beautiful week. Beautiful Wednesday. We are a couple days away from game day. And look who we got on. We got uh, a a huge, huge fan and representative of, of the fan base. Sofian, he's happy to join the show. We're happy to have you on. Uh, you know, you can find him on Twitter at Sofian Benzaza. Did I say that right? Hundred percent, ten ten. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Sounds and uh, you, you were covering so, how's the team everything? You said ten years ago. Ten, uh, yeah, ten years ago, I started covering the club and watching the club. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Fans get for environment. It's really fun, and uh, yeah, it's good to speak to uh, people around a sort of a new club. You know, Miami is still very young, so thanks for the invite. You know. Gonna warm me up in this. Uh, let me check in this five degree Fahrenheit weather because I'm talking to US fans. So. <laughs> Over here is like 85. It's not too much Perfect. of a difference. It's just about 80 Perfect. degrees. No problem. <laughs> All right. Uh, so um, before we get started, because we wanted to obviously talk about Saturday and the game. Season's finally started. I'm sure that you're itching to get it started just as much as we are. But I, there was news that dropped today that I felt like we need to touch on. The new playoff format. <laughs> Was it was it yesterday? Was it yesterday that it dropped? Yesterday today. I'm getting my days confused. Regardless, it dropped over the last 48 hours. We have now have nine playoff teams, technically eight. You have that last wild card game with the eighth and the ninth. The eighth seed hosting the ninth seed to see who gets that last seed to play against the first seed. So you have technically 18 teams that make it to the postseason. 18 teams out of 29. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are saying that it's too much. I kind of like it, but I am very unconventional with my soccer fandom. So go figure. What do you get? Well, for, let me go to Chris first, and then we'll go over to Sofia. What do you think about this new playoff format, Chris? I mean, I understand the idea of sort of trying to mix it up and, and get some sort of, I guess, a different approach to the playoffs. But I felt like they had a good thing going with the way that the playoffs were set up last season, right? Like, why? I mean, you're, what, are you, what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to tinker it just to sort of get more people a little bit more excited about the possibility of making playoffs? I I, I don't see what the angle is here. What, what do you – I mean, of course, it, it all comes down to money. Um, but but what do you think, Sofian? Do you like the, the, the new format? Kind of intense. You know, I'm cool, for, I'm cool with change. I enjoy change, to be honest. And let's not forget that most format has changed many times since Montreal came into the league in 2012. It has changed a few yeah. times, home and away, then only one game. And, you know, it's been a bit similar, but still there was a, there was a few changes. But this is a bit drastic. And I agree, it does feel like a money grab in the sense Apple TV, MLS, MLS season pass, whatever you want to call it, needs to, like, you know, ha- invest heavily on many games. And, yeah. uh, and you know, let's say you know, we're, uh, it's cute. The sports here, there's a cute little trophy, nice little plate. You can put your pasta in there. You can put your couscous. My Algerian, my Algerian brothers there and sisters that are listening, uh, yeah. or a poutine if you're in Quebec. It's cool. It's 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 a good bragging rights, but nice. it's all about the playoffs. You know, if LAFC does not beat Philadelphia, we're gonna we're gonna forget that they won Sports Shield. So sure. you know, it's it's all about the playoffs. You know, all the big moments. In this league has been about the playoffs. Yeah, it's a few big season moments. I agree. Like you know, there, there are many storylines throughout the season. 
but it's it's weird it's odd like but the thing is my personality is that i even though sometimes i might get changed on some like things but for this kind of for these kind of changes i'm like okay let's try it out you know the let's try it out because it is a closed league there's no promotion relegation it is a franchise league like the nba etc so you have your season and you have your playoffs and they're two different you know there's two basically two different reasons and you need to be able to step up in both it's a way to that does it dilute the product we'll see but no. with, with, with the, well, you know, well, I don't think so. But there's so many new players coming in, and the MLS clubs are spending crazy money on transfer market. Like if it's uh, feels like they're they, they gonna we're, they we're, said yeah. they're gonna announce a 30th team by the end of the year, which is probably That's gonna crazy. be Las Vegas. So we're gonna have 30 teams by the time that year's over. Yeah. I have trouble catching up. To be honest. I, I, sometimes I find there's too many teams. I have trouble <laughs> catching up. Like okay, St. Louis, and I don't know who, I don't know what. It's it's very difficult, right? But yeah, like you can't have you can't be playing 34 games. And then not make the playoffs by by you know by August, you know you're done. No, you want to have a decision day. You want to have drama, and you want to have but some playoff drama too. That, but that's always been my discussion against uh, uh, relegation and promotion. I I don't like that when you're approaching the end of the season, you already have you know who's going to be the champion with yeah. like three months left. It's between two or three teams, and everybody's yeah. like, oh, yeah, but you're still fighting to be in the Champions League. What's the Europa League? Who cares? I want to be the champion of my league. I don't care about <laughs> next season's championship. I, yeah. My team isn't even going to be the same next season. I want That's this team to have an opportunity to win a championship this year. I don't know why everybody's so excited. Oh, we made it to the top four. Maybe next year we could be in the Champions League. That means nothing to me. I want <laughs> this year to have a champ to win a championship. Why does anybody yeah. care about next year? It, it makes no sense to me how excited people get about a top four finish. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, but that's so soccer, I, man. I, but that's football, know, man. And, like, it, it, it's a culture that of cultures. That's a, a, everybody that's a purist and has loved, loved soccer all their lives, yeah. they're into it. And and hearing sure. me say that, it's like, oh, my God, this guy's such an idiot. Well, how could he say that European soccer is perfect? To me, it's not perfect. I think no. it sucks that two or three teams are fighting for the championship with three months left, and everybody else is like, well, maybe we can jump into the Champions League next year. Oh, maybe we can get into the Europa League. Oh, let's just make sure we don't get relegated. Like, no, I want a chance to win a championship. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. Like, this is the whole point of watching a sport is to hope that your team is holding the trophy at the end of the year. But three or four months into it, more than half the league's already out of it. What's the point of watching that shit? You could tell, you could tell Adrian, Adrian with the with the golden comment, lay off the rebel, Danny. You could tell that Danny is amped up for this topic. What, I, I, what do you, I hate it. I hate it. What what do you think about that idea, Sofiana? About the uh, you know promotion and relegation and, and what that has to offer? No, because I live in both worlds, right? I have grown up with football, soccer in the way that uh, you know Danny hates, but uh, or doesn't respect, <laughs> or you know, whichever whichever one say. I don't want to put words in your mouth, yeah. Danny. Sorry. Uh, it, no, look, I, I I've watched European soccer for a long time. I don't yeah. hate it. But no, I no, like the, I like the playoff system. I like yeah, that you, the eighth seed could get hot and has a chance to win a championship. No, I agree. That fan base has a chance. But uh, I don't want to be your shrink live here. But I think you're more reacting to people telling you that playoff sucks. European soccer is better. Mm -hmm. The whole elite thing, and you're fed up being bashed on, right? So, and many people feel like that in the sense, you know, the, the same the same people that love Liverpool and Man City and Madrid and Barcelona playing elite soccer, which is fine, also love the NBA format. Same yes. people living live in London love the NBA because it's a great product, right? It's all about the product, yes. which I would eventually you'll get used to it. But yes, the, the ruler of world football has been everyone else except for North America. This is the way we do it. We have leagues, oh, we're, we're yes. in legation. So North America has its own little bubble. 
a bigger bubble is growing every time, and it's fine. You know, these things can coexist, and uh, it's just that you know, there's no need to. Um, I think the bashing comes from that, that way that the call them euros now, whatever you want to call them, bash MLS. That there's no promo right. or pro rel, and it's right. like it is what it is. You know, the and the plot format is a, it's kind of encapsulated this culture of North American soccer, and it's fine as long as they don't bring back those. Uh, you know, breakaway penalty kicks, which I, I think they might eventually like, don't bring those back. <laughs> I think they might bring those back for like an all-star game. They won't bring them back. For <laughs> Look, and, and Calypso brings up a good point. The logistics in such a big country doing the, yep. the pro reg is, is tough also. Yeah, it's uh, um, economically and difficult. My, and my other thing, and I don't, I, I mean, I had no intention of getting into the, the, the pro reg conversation today, but now that we're on it, just real quick, um, in a country that's trying to grow the popularity, it's really hard to, for, I don't know, let's say Las Vegas gets a team next year. And then all of a sudden they have a team and they're like, hey, come to the game, come to the game. And then they have a bad season and boom, you're relegated. You're in the second division. In the United States, we're like, what? What would you mean we're in the second division? So we're not going to fight for the, like, we're not in the top tier. Okay, call me when we're back there. And like teams, these owners that are buying these teams, they're putting in a lot of money to, to, to own these teams. And for you to tell them that, oh, they're going to play in the second division, it just makes no sense. But, again, I, I don't think it's going to work here in the United States, at least not while we're trying to grow the sport. Maybe after it's growing in popularity and we have, like, 40 teams and then we can break it up into 20 and 20, maybe. But I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, and I don't think it makes sense to make it happen anytime soon. And, again, I had no intention of having this conversation. I'm not sure how I got worked up. I apologize. Anyway. <laughs> um. So uh, I did have a question but, for you, right? Now, now that we're off the, that topic. But the format is crazy. That's a great. It's a bit like out of the blue. It's a bit intense. Yeah, no. And, and I also it's, think it's that it's, it's weird that we're doing this. Why are we doing a three-game series in round one and then single elimination the rest of the way through? I, I'm telling you, these are prototypes. You're doing tests. Let's see how it's going to work. We're going to test the Apple TV platform. We're going to test the cameras. We're going to test the format. We're going to test the drama. And these are like, you know, you know, elite test. They have these master plans for us, and they and they're gonna and they're gonna control the game for us. But yeah, uh, joking aside, I think they're testing stuff. This has to be like a test a test case. Let's see how it works. What does, what works better? The three game series, best of. You know, and also they want to attract. They want to attract everyone. They want to attract people who are used to have these. You know, best of five, best of seven. I'm not within. Like, I like, I like the home in the way. I like the two legs. I like me, that. me honestly. Yeah, if they could keep that, it, it should have home home away all the time. Yeah, I, I think that that makes the game. most sense. Yeah, yeah. Even if they say that that there's no such thing as home field in that case, but that's okay. I, I think home and away makes makes the most sense. I don't know why. I really don't know why you would do a three game series for the first round and then single elimination all the way through. I, yeah. I, I, and, I just, I, I don't understand it. And that's why I think they're testing. Like you, they're trying to see what would work better for the next few years. Because it's a ten-year contract with, with Apple TV, so I'm pretty sure this is not a coincidence that the format is probably going to change in a couple of years or in three years, which has changed a few times since, like I said, since Montreal came. So in the MLS, so uh, I don't want to be, uh, you know, a skeptic or you know, I think it's uh, I see it as a sort of let's see what's going to happen because they're, they're yeah. trying to create stories. This is uh, look at the whole Apple. Uh, uh, Apple, uh, I'm in last season pass uh, storylines about stories, profiles, players, where they come from. Uh, they can, we're gonna see the whole marketing, around, marketing. Uh, around derbies and rivalries, and it's gonna be whatever we had those famous rivalry week is gonna be like 10 times tenfold, yeah, with the, with the new product with Apple, Apple, uh, MLS season pass. So, 
I think they're trying to sell more marketing to try to attract people, attract good stories, right? Because at the end, like like you said, you know, uh, you want your friend who hates soccer to come to watch Inter Miami for the story, not just for the game. The game is there, but you can win a little bit here for the stories, yes. for the player, the connections, you know, so it's just that. So I mean, that's I think that's what they're trying to do, and uh, it makes sense. But it's kind of rough for us, you know. It's like a big change. But for the twelve-year-old who doesn't know anything, I was, and like, I was that I'm guy. 12, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Chris, I interrupted saw- you. Sorry. No, I mean well, my connection is terrible, but I was I was that guy, that guy that he brought to the game that hated soccer. So yes, you're you're a hundred percent on point. All right, so let's finally get on to the Montreal talk. Before we get on the pitch, I did have a question. MLS revealed 29 new jerseys, or 28, I'm sorry, 28 new kits this this uh, week. Here we go. But there was one missing. <laughs> now, why? Ex- I've heard a couple things here and there, but you probably know better than us. Why does Montreal not have a new kit? Why do you guys have just one kit available at this very moment? I need to know the details. I, I, like I said, I know you know better than us. Yeah, so please break a, it down. It's to a me. mess. It's a mess, man. It all started with the uh, you know the famous rebrand where the club went from Montreal Impact, Impact de Montreal to CF Montreal, Club de Foot Montreal. Mm-hmm. So, so you know when you do branding and you have you know, you know uh, Nike or Adidas or whoever Puma, your jerseys are done two years in advance. Everything is done in advance, right? Uh, right. Whatever is done in 2024 has been set 2023 even before. So it's all a, a long-term planning. And there was a campaign done during the rebrand uh, for Montreal Impact. They decided to do like in three languages, French, English, and one of the First Nation language that, that's in Quebec, the province of Quebec here. I think it's Mohawk, the Mohawk Nation. But okay, I like indigenous, the, uh, okay. Indigenous, yeah, First Nation. We call it First Nation, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, uh, and I don't remember the name of the language exactly, but it's from the for, for Mohawk Nation. And, uh, and then the club, tweeted a few a couple of weeks ago that there will be no like a week before the the whole amala jersey release is that there will be there will be no new the new jersey will not be released as it is we need to talk to again to the uh, you know community and leadership of the the first nations that are implicated in this and make and improve it or change or whatever it was they don't say what they did was there a boo-boo done or, or i don't know i don't know what's written on that thing to, to for them to pull to to, to pull so basically so basically, it's a huge freaking political mess that happened with this jersey. Yes, like the, the previous administration that did the rebrand that was seen as a disaster that has left that has, yes. you know that left the left the club eighteen months ago. Well, whatever they did with the rebrand, they called it that part with the new jersey because it's all done eighteen months in advance. Whatever is happening now has yes. been decided in twenty twenty one, basically. Yeah, uh, a year, so a year and a half ago. Exactly. So Adidas and Nike and whoever can. You know, the, for example, the World Cup kits, they're not done six months before. They're already done a year, a year and a half ago. So oh, wow. same thing for, for these MLS kits. So, um, well, I say 18 months could be shorter, but it's not done two weeks before, right? You don't send right. the, you don't send the, your, your, your design, your Adobe Photoshop design to Adidas uh, a week before. So, <laughs> so what you're saying yeah. is that you think that they printed something and might have uh, sent the wrong message or written the wrong yeah. thing and yeah, they might have gotten some pushback. Exactly. I said, maybe we shouldn't release this. It's not going to work out. It might not have been controversial, but I think let's be safe. The club has been in some turmoil just before that for other things. So we're like, let's keep it cool. You know, it's 
I like we call we like to call this club CF Drama. It's a club that has yeah. been known for <laughs> uh, for unnecessary drama. Like there's drama. Drama is normal. We're humans. There's tensions and stuff. But sort of like self-inflicted wounds that could be avoided by by this club a few times. And there's a new president, ex uh, Impact legend uh, Gabriel Gervais. He came in as like, you know what? We're gonna shut down whatever doesn't work and go from sort of blank page. So yeah. So it basically got canceled before culture came to cancel it. In a way, and I'm not even sure if it's cultural. It could have just been like, you know what? We're gonna distance ourselves from whatever was done before us. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, they cancel yeah. culture. They roll. They roll. They roll hundreds deep, so f- you can forget about it. You know they, exactly. They, they put yeah. the yeah. If you put, put the, the wrong you put word, the wrong message on there. Exactly. Forget and, about I, it. And I think the club did a good job to just distance themselves because even if, they, if it's never controversial, what was written or not controversial, maybe it doesn't match the cultural aspect of the of the language of the of the First Nations that's implicated. At least you show sensitivity. Sensitivity to say to yourself, you know what? Maybe this is not working. You know, like you're, right. you know, like yeah. the comment there said, maybe it was a spelling error. It could have been that, but. I think the club is saying, you know, we're not gonna, uh, we're gonna defuse this bomb. We're not gonna do anything. So, and just wait. So, as far as you've heard, are they gonna go all season with one kit? They're gonna reuse the. They're gonna reuse last the kit from, from last from year. Last and put year. New, okay. and put the new logo because we also have a new logo this year. Well, yeah. and and it's okay. funny that you talk. You're talking about the new logo because a couple episodes ago. Uh, we we had some of our viewers tell us that one of the logos of Montreal, of CF Montreal, looked kind of like a butthole. You yeah. know what logo I'm talking about here? Yeah, the first logo of the rebrand. Like a supposed, it's supposed to look like a star, like a snowflake. Yes. And you know, it is what but it the, is, man. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that at first glance, it didn't really look like a butthole. I mean, you really have to think of a butthole in order to be like, eh, this kind of no, looks a, like a it's an mystery, right? Like, uh, yeah, it looks like a duck or it looks like a like a fish. You know, those 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 illusion tricks, optic tricks. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> and and talking about buttholes, right? Uh, CF Montreal came in and and basically destroyed us in their last. Uh, and that what was it? The last game of the of the regular season, Danny. Yep. Yeah, they came in and uh, came down to South Florida, took advantage of our weather and our players, destroyed us, and they ended up actually second uh, last year in in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And and now it, it seems like you know people are starting to sing a, a different tune here. Uh, Danny, what do you what do you think about what's going on with CF Montreal? There's been a couple changes. Uh, there's been a couple things that have been happening. Do you see anything that's drastically different? Are you worried? Well, Are you the, not, Danny? The funny thing is, the funny thing is that Montreal's been looking at as a seller club, right? You guys are 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 developing and selling. Like, you guys aren't developing to keep, but you guys are bringing back like eight starters from last season. No, it's so, true. Yeah. So I, I I'm hearing a lot of people expecting Montreal to fall off this year. Because you guys were great last year. Obviously, you lost your manager, and we'll get into that in a second. And and the style of play with him, with three in the back, two left back and uh, wing backs uh, on left and the right side. Like I know you guys had a certain style of play, a lot of possession. So a, a lot of people are saying because you lost your manager, maybe things are going to change. But I can't imagine that just losing your manager, you're going to go from second in the East dominating to all of a sudden falling off like everybody else. So I guess you're the perfect person to ask. Why do you think people are expecting? Like, do you expect the big fall off? 
No, maybe like uh, maybe more in the middle and fight for a playoff spot. But last year, I didn't see him to be to do so well because I, feel, I didn't know Ismail Kone was going to explode. I didn't see many players come up. And um, I, I do find that, um, what's his name? I, well, they did lose Georgi Malovic, huge offensive yes. star. You know, oh. you lose Asher Johnson, a very good right back, full back, win back that really did well. He went to Celtic. So there's a few right, But you guys, you guys got a, a new right back, no, Aaron? Um... Herrera, yeah, from Salt Lake. Herrera, yes. And yeah. also Ismail Kone, he, he's also not on the team anymore. Yeah, yeah, he was huge. So, you know, offensively, some question marks. And, and f- at the attacking level, there's some few players, but a lot of injury-prone. Even Kyoto, who has been great since he came to Montreal, very injury-prone. So the question marks are kind of scaring people a little bit. And we're going to see how is Losada going to handle this team. You know, guy with a few games, see what's going to happen, right, to, see for, to look for a pattern. So it can be long. Can take a, a bit of a while, but I'm a bit. I'm always like skeptic as a person, a little bit. I'm like, let's wait and see. I don't want to, you know, predict anything too soon because last course, year I, yeah. I got burned because uh, I, I didn't see anything coming. I'm like, I'm, we have to wait. But uh, it's just that what's what's annoying is that the rest of the league is is you know increasing their expenditure and transfers, right? Yes. New players. So and you know it's a bit of both. You're getting a bit weaker. The rest of the league is getting a bit better. And you have a new coach, so it's like okay, is it's it a little scary. Coach? It's a little yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah, Danny. Well, yeah. well, when people give so much credit to Nancy, do you think that that's like it's true that he deserves most of the credit for the success last year? Because everybody's saying that it's because of the loss of where for Nancy that you guys are going to have that drop off because you guys are going from a possession based uh, off or, or gameplay. Yeah. So I'm not even sure what what your new manager runs. Me neither. At DC, it was more of a counterattack. <laughs> we have to yeah. see. At DC, it was more of a counterattack, so we have to win and see. But listen, the VP of football, Olivier Renard, the Belgium guy, he's really good at finding, and his assistant, Vasily, uh, Montreal local guy, he, they're, they're able to find like these, you know, has been or, you know, a bit of like problem players like Georgi Mialovic has some issues in Chicago, yeah. Kyoto has some issues in Houston, and they're able to revamp the career, right? So, yeah. And Nancy was part of the success. So I think let's get a 50-50 between the uh, technical staff and Wilfred Nancy. And, but what Nancy did to really step up Mihalovic's game and Ismail Quinn's game, it's something impressive. So, you know, let's give it 60-40 for Wilfred, just for the fun of it. But the technical staff and the recruitment has been a huge part of the success because they're looking to buy cheap, sell, sell, sell high, but also have quality. Sure. have quality. That's well, the point. And- and I can't wait to see the game, and I can't wait to see how Montreal looks because I got to be perfectly honest. Last year, I was terrified of Montreal. I was legitimately, every time that we had to play them, the last game, I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, we are going to get, I mean, we got destroyed. And on top of that, it was uh, it was pouring over here. Yeah, I so, and I didn't, have a, I didn't have a rain jacket or anything like that, so I just got screwed in the rain. So we got destroyed and we're walking out freaking soaked out of the stadium. <laughs> now, I mean, there's been a lot of changes to the team, a lot of changes internally with the players, uh, internally with the coaching staff. What, what do you consider are probably the, you know, the biggest loss or, or, or the best addition that's occurred with the team? I think the biggest loss, hmm, that's a good question. If I had to choose one loss, it will be Ismail Kone. Because he really was able to play basically two, three positions. 
as a sort of like makeshift defensive midfield. As a and he's eight. a hard player to and he's a hard oh, player yeah. to guard too because he's strong. Exactly. When he yeah. plays eight eight box to box, he can really hurt you. And if you can push him as a sort of false number ten, third striker to help up and score goals or create chances, he can do it. So, yeah. like, Super I, I think I, the thing is, I was used to Mihalovic. I knew he was good, um, but uh, I got addicted to the Ismail Kone drug because I was like, oh, he's so young, he's so good. But we knew he was gonna leave. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, he yeah. was really like you know enticing. And the and the biggest gain right this year, honestly. You know, keeping eight starters is a huge thing. Getting one Yama back, yeah. a huge thing. Uh, so a bit of a stability and familiarity, and uh, while keeping the same like philosophy and structure. Hopefully, the Lusada fits in. We'll see how he's going to fit in for real, because you know everyone's cool in press conferences, but we'll see how it happens when you lose games and you have to make subs and you know. Yeah, that, yeah. that's another story. Now, now, now we're talking about the management of the players. At exactly. that point, it's not even exactly. about the skill. It, we're talking about how are you going to be able to manage these players and have you been able to find what it is that they're effective at, especially exactly. considering that this is kind of new. Yeah, and how to talk to them. You know, some players don't need to be talked to. You need to direct them. Some players need to be yes. coddled. You know, it's all different philosophy. It's about it's psychology one-on-one, right? It's a very hard job. Yeah. And Lusada is very young. Uh, so was with Nancy, but Nancy was in the Montreal staff for like 10 years, academy assistant coach so he was getting ready to to do this job that's what columbus paid a lot to get him and he's paying a lot of money to coach the columbus crew so it's yep. not a coincidence right and losada is a second gig in mls and you know it's sort of like uh if you see dc as a sort of like internship well cf montreal is like yeah. uh, the real job and uh this is oh, yeah. uh, this is his uh, like uh his chance to really show what he's made of and you know he looks like a smart soccer guy and uh let's give him some time if if you if I had to ask you as an Inter Miami fan going into Saturday, who is the player that we should be most fearful of? Is it Kyoto? If he's not injured, if he's one hundred percent, yeah, Kyoto is the most dangerous guy. He he will. He, I think he's most one of the most underrated players in this league. And I know yes. there's thirty five teams in MLS and two thousand players. I can't see any. I can, I can't. Know everyone, you know, even the MVP. Some players that really saw one game or two because you know life mm -hmm. and lack of time. But right. Kyoto is one of the most underrated players I find because he can play basically four positions: both wings, yeah. center forward, and a sort of like behind the striker. That's and he can cross, he oh, can yeah. shoot, he can That's head, he can dribble. He's he can play many positions. He can play any system: it's four four two, four three three, three four three. It doesn't matter. He's really good. He can play as a pivot striker, you know, just like, you know, shove his back on the defender, block him, and just take the ball as a pivot striker and, like, uh, move it along. He's, if he's, if he's, that's, a, that's injured, a dangerous kind of player. That's what oh, that yeah. is. And, oh, yeah, and he has dangerous. a big following here in Miami because he's Honduran and we have a of big course. Honduran population down here. So whenever he comes down, he, he sees some Honduran flags yeah. in, in the crowd. Exactly. He's, he's, he's lovable. He's a, he's a great celebration, always smiling, a happy guy. You know, he's a bit of a temper, obviously. He's, uh, He's not, um, you know, I won't be surprised if he gets a red card this year, which is uh, what he does usually. Uh, but he's really good. Like, he, he, I'm always, he's my favorite player, to be honest. I really enjoy watching him. He's, because uh, he's so versatile and he has different, you know, he has a different, like, tools in his, in his belt and he can really do many things. And I'm impressed. I'm always impressed how, what he can do and how come it didn't work out in Houston, which seems nothing works out in Houston since, uh, 
for a few years now. So oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Montreal. Even their yeah, jersey yeah. doesn't work. I mean, it looks like pure <laughs> vomit. Um, but now, but now, ta- <laughs> but now, talking about talking about you know CF Montreal and and kind of what you went through, and we're about to start the new season. I, I want to know what you think are your expectations going to be. I mean, you guys were second in the East. Yeah. Uh, to me, I thought you guys were gonna. I thought you guys were gonna go all the way. At least, at least, uh, representing to the, the Eastern conference, conference finals. Yeah. Yeah. At least yeah. The conference finals. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. but you know, like uh, they should have beaten New York City FC, but they have experience. You know, but uh, not anymore. Expectation. Yeah, not anymore. But these expectations, man, it's really hard for me because everything is new, and my expectations have lowered since the new MLS playoff format. I'm like, well. If you finish ninth, you know, you're not bad. <laughs> hey, we're in. We're in, and you make one <laughs> game. We keep you... fans interested. This is why I like it. <laughs> exactly. So, but the thing is, if you don't if, if you don't make ninth by a long shot, then you're in trouble. So well, I mean, issue. well, look, look at NYCFC, right? They were a great team last year. Now they got a couple custodians playing the, the, the season coming up. They could still make the ninth seed. So if they could probably still make it. When I, think I read the power go. rankings and all the predictions for the seasons, I told myself I absolutely know nothing about the MLS because I thought with all the core players that NYCFC, they lost Maxi Morales, Kyans, Sean Johns. Okay. They've lost their core, and they're still predicted to end up like it's second or third in the East. And I'm yeah, like, that's I know that's terrible. Yeah, I know nothing. That, obviously, that's why, that's why I have to watch games, man, because it's it's really difficult. And with Apple, with MLS season pass, all the games, no blackouts, whenever you want, I'm like great. But yes. uh, for Montreal, the expectation they're gonna have to fight hard, yes. uh, because I don't. This club is not gonna buy big players. They might do trades for players that are like maybe a good value teams don't want within MLS. But it's gonna be difficult, man. It won't be easy. And but unless Losada is really this this uh, philosopher that's able to really sell his philosophy to the players and they're and they adhere to it and it works out, this team can hurt. They, 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 there's some essence in this team, some attitude and character that they have. Yes. That you know, hopefully it won't go away because Nancy left, and I hope it stays within this team with all these veterans that stayed. That's what we hope. And so, so yeah. who's the biggest yeah. names that since you say that Montreal doesn't really go and invest into big names? Who's the biggest name you've ever had? Was it Drogba? Is that the yeah, biggest but, name you guys have hey, ever had? Yeah. We go from what well, they went with the Italian route first, Divayo, Nesta. It worked. And even Nesta worked a little bit. He wasn't bad. Divayo was amazing. Honestly, he was like 36 and was kicking ass. I was really impressed. Yeah. I think he scored like twice 15 goals uh, for his, his age. It was impressive. Mm-hmm. But Drogba is the biggest name of all. Like and the way he yeah, played, it was like, you know, um, it's. Uh, I was impressed. Yeah, I was living in a dream. It was out of this world. Going to the stadium, watching Drogba, and even at his age and the, the way he scored and his celebrations and was a perfect storm. But uh, Montreal has done the have done both sort of both uh, have, have there's two different versions of Montreal Impact at Montreal. There's the I want to be like a like Galaxy, buy some bling bling and try it out, but a bit of a low budget, low cost. And do the uh-huh. Houston Dynamo back in the days, get some MS players, keep it tight, and like and you know, and try to get some good trades. They have done both, and now they have a sort of like equilibrium, uh, trying to get like some good young players that, that cost money but that are good, and get some veterans that can help and get and do a lot with the academy and try to lower your cost and also help sell the academy as much as you can. So it's a bit of a mix and match, man. It's uh, you know. 
like like if you look at Austin, like where is it getting all this money buying all these players like crazy? Charlotte, where's Charlotte? Where is this? Where are they getting all this money? Yes, the owner is super rich, but still the yes. investment into a city and state like North Carolina, I'm impressed. So Montreal is not in this business anymore. They're not. For now, they're not. They trying to want to be, you know, not lose money anymore because it's called lose a lot of money. They don't have many season tickets as much as they want to. So they want to rebuild from that and hopefully for two years be able to be you know, positive in the budget and maybe invest when opportunities come up. If there's a drug bar coming up in two years, this club will go for maybe. it if they see it's worth it. But not automatically, like, you know, they're not going to look into Miami and get like two, three DPs at 10 million each. They're not going to do that. They won't. They won't. We almost got canceled for that as well. I, so. yeah, I know. And then we don't even play them. So don't even worry about it. You're not that bad off. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we got Saturday. Finally, the season starting. Montreal, Inter-Miami. We're at home. Uh, I guess I, I, before we started the predictions, I kind of, I'm curious to get your opinion. For example, if, if you were to ask us what our biggest weakness is, it's the question marks on defense. Our defense was horrible last yeah. year. Yeah, we, it was we feel confident in our goal. Yeah, it was and, we feel confident in our Which goalkeeper was it last yeah. year? It was Drake Callender. Yeah, there was another guy who was pretty bad in the first oh, Mars Marsman. Oh yeah. He was, wasn't horrible, but yeah. But Drake Callender, we feel a lot better with Drake Callender. Guys, gotta get him out of here. You don't even want to so, know how much that guy's making. We have, and now he's on the bench. We have new additions on our defense, but we really haven't seen them play together all that much. We saw them all four play together for the first time, I believe, this past Saturday. They really weren't tested much, so I would say that is our weakness, especially our depth back there. We're kind of thin as far as our backups. So I would say our weakness is our defense, and then our strength would be our two strikers if Joseph Martinez is healthy. I would say that is our strength, having Campana and Joseph up there. If I were to ask you, what's your biggest weakness on this team and what you would say is your strength, what would you say? For, for Montreal? Yes. Uh, for Montreal. <sighs> the biggest strength is the uh, ability to stretch out the, the team with the fullbacks. And okay. be able to like be more direct. I think with Losada, he's gonna be more direct using those fullbacks to cross more. Uh Nancy did not like enjoy crossing just for crossing. He would like to play yeah, more on possession. The, on the, possession on the ground. Even if he stretches out, he's gonna pass the ball back to the middle. Yeah. And the weakness is maybe a lack of offensive midfielder, which could be Sean Rea. You're gonna probably watch him playing against Miami. He's a young African Academy, played in the Canadian Premier League for two years, was loaned out. He could be a sort of like a little surprise. He's a small guy, can dribble, can shoot. So he could be interesting. Sean Rea could be that key in the midfield, like the link up between the strikers and the and Wanyama and Piet. So that's the question mark. Who's gonna be that offensive maestro to do the to link up the goal scorers with the midfield? It can't be just Kyoto doing back and forth the whole game is not gonna survive. He can't do that. Not at his age, not at his age, or at least his um, sort of injury prone you know career. So the offensive midfield, so sort of uh, no man's land, needs to be filled by someone, maybe by two okay. players. But that will be the weakness. And uh, so we'll see how it's going to affect the way they play against Inter Miami. So it's going to be new for right. all of us, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I just want to address so something, you, not, not, not game related. I'm sorry, Chris. Just uh, Esteban Dito, I, I forgot that um, they were talking about <laughs> the yellow parking lot. Bang! So, <laughs> is this the Miami inside? No, it's yes, just it is. they. 
the biggest parking lot outside of our, our makeshift stadium is called the yellow parking lot, right? And they told us not too long ago that we weren't going to be able to use that parking lot anymore. And they designated a, per, a brown or orange and purple lot. And it was going to be like a 22-minute walk from there to the stadium. And just today, we found out that they are opening the yellow lot again, which is great news for everybody that didn't want to have half a marathon of a walk to get to the stadium. So Esteban Dito, my understanding is that the yellow parking lot is going to be open at least for Saturday. I believe it should be for the whole year, but at least Saturday you won't Check have to have half yeah, you won't have to have a half marathon walk to the stadium. <laughs> we should be able to just comfortably take a couple steps into the stadium like we were doing last year. So did you guys will tailgates in Miami? You guys will tailgates? Oh, yeah. we have the weather for it for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, still the question, obviously. obviously. Uh, well, so, and to uh, stay to stay a little bit off topic, to get to give cool. some some love to Sofian, uh, one of our guys here, Steve Munoz, he uh he he put a comment up here. I wonder if Sofian releases ASMR videos. You definitely do have the voice for it. No, no. listen, guys. Okay, thanks, Lucas and, and Steve. Listen, guys, confession. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the kid is sleeping. It's a bit of an echo here where I am, and I got a few texts that I'm speaking too loud. So that's why I'm speaking with the ASMR voice because I'm afraid uh, to wake up anymore. And at the same time, oh. first time I wear these headphones, I usually wear like those uh, iPhone, uh, whatever, with strings. So you don't realize but, how loud you're speaking. Yeah, but these really make me like feel I need to shout, and I don't realize I'm excited or whatever. So that's why I need to keep it smooth. <laughs> But uh, listen, well, I have no like idea. All podcasts, I'm perfectly fine I have, with that. Trust me. If you guys don't mind, <laughs> I am probably uh, divulging how non technical or YouTube savvy I am. I have no idea what ASMR videos are. Oh, Lord. So don't it's an autonomous, autonomous, autonomous sensory marine response. Basically, like uh, static, like uh, sort of like a voice, sort of sound. It's like Just audio and sound? visual stuff, like soothing stuff. But like it's supposed to be like, you know, for the spine or for the brain. I don't know. Yeah, like, I listen I've to Sade, but not. I've seen on YouTube like people take like. So it gets creepy sometimes. So that's why you have you can't you don't Google it at work. Google it on your own phone on your network. So you might get some weird links. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, you know, Lucas so said it's like, basically soft moaning. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, like I've seen, I've seen on YouTube, uh, like people use it for therapy. Like if someone's like, I don't know, they're, I don't know what they're doing, man. They're making, uh, rubbing the microphone so you can hear it, and like yeah, the white yeah. noise, the white noise. I like it's weird, man. Okay, it's white creepy. noise, literally, like making out with the microphone, like yeah, like so, the jazz, like the jazz radio guys, like ninety three died. Yeah. So basically, this, this show we're never going to air would all be said. We're going to be canceled, so we're done. Got you. Uh, <laughs> Esteban Dito, yeah. So it was confusing, but yeah, on Saturday, if you went to the game, you should be good. Yellow Lot is going to be open for Saturday. All right, but speaking of Saturday, let's get into it. So Saturday, game number one, we need it probably more than you because we're tired of waiting to our sixth game to win a game. We need a result early, especially because – for some reason, the schedulers decided to schedule us against the top three Eastern Conference teams the first three weeks of the year. We got Montreal, followed by Philly, and then NYCFC. Now, I thought Montreal and NYCFC had fallen off a little bit, but 
the more I hear about it, maybe not so much. So we definitely need a result. Sofian, how do you see this game going? I know you're a skeptic, Listen, so make me feel good. No, I will because I did predict on all podcasts Monday night. And uh, and uh, people think I'm a hater against Montreal, but I do have a sort of a hate-love relationship with the club. A little bit disclaimer, but uh, with Campania and, and Joseph Martinez. Joseph. Uh, Joseph, I think it's 3-1 Miami. Ooh. I think. Because I don't see what's going to happen effectively with Montreal, even though her, you guys might be horrendous defensively. You have to wait and see what's going to happen. Yes. I do think Yedlin's a bit overrated. Like, he's good, but, like, you know, the guy's not 20 anymore. This is not Seattle got anymore. Back, no. Got to fall back a little bit. Like, he's down. good. <laughs> I like him. I like him. No, 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 not, no so- not you. I'm telling him, like, yeah, he's got to chill out. Like, he's yeah. Yedlin, but... Like, but because talk about, I see on MLS Soccer and other, you know, on Twitter, they talk about like still the Yedlin from Seattle, like the young guys, like, oh, it's been 10 years now, okay? He's like, yeah, he went to Europe. It's, it's a long time ago. It's not the same guy. He's good. I think I like him a lot. But well, he hasn't looked very crisp this preseason, but everybody's saying, oh, it's because he played in the World Cup. So he's still a little yeah. rusty. I don't know. So, maybe. Yeah. I see a 3 1 Inter Miami win because of the, uh, the strikers. Uh, Montreal is a good defense. But we'll see how this ball possession will play with Losada. It's gonna be growing pains. Is it gonna be? Is it gonna be smooth? Uh, you know, history what? says that Inter Miami should be losing against, against Montreal. But you know, if I have five dollars to put to bet, I'll put five dollars on Inter Miami. I mean, the 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 change in um, game plan from last year to this year for Montreal is gonna be drastic, though, because last year it was all possession based, right? Good exactly. defense possession. And this year, if you're going to the counter, that's completely different. Uh, and with eight starters getting accustomed to this new way of play, like you said, it's going to be some growing pains. And Miami, last year at least, was a great home team. I want to say we only dropped three home games. I yeah. might be off, but I'm pretty sure we only dropped like three home games. So we are a really good home team. You guys are going to be kind of figuring things out. Exactly. I mean, uh, I, I guess we are also, but I, I also feel really good about this week for Inter Miami. And I was also going to say three to one, much like you, honestly. So I'm right there with you, Sofia. I, I think we finally win the first game of the season for the first time and we get. Uh, yeah, because on, on, honestly, this like last year, midseason, didn't feel novel. You guys have a great comeback in midseason because for a while, like us and our pocket, like Miami's a joke. This club's a joke. Like they, they oh, can't yeah. do first five MLS ga- role. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, they, they have five DPs. Uh, yeah, David Beckham is a guy. Like, what's going on, these guys? It's, it's we're like, okay, but then you guys had a big, uh, you, you know, you had a big comeback and you made the playoffs. So it's like, yeah, back in July, I wasn't sure Miami wasn't going to stay in MLS. It was, it was a mess. But then I think got better. So it's gonna be interesting. Well, to see. And, and the first, I, I'm predicting, I'm predicting the same thing that Adrian just predicted, seeing a, a three to two win yeah. for Miami. I, I could see that. I could see two goals coming out of Montreal. But just, just, just because a lot of people are bringing up the fact that Montreal beat us in the preseason, we didn't play a lot of starters that game, and for the most part, there were a lot of players that just didn't play together. During exactly. the preseason, like, like Christoph, I think the first time he played was this Saturday. Negri, I'm not sure how many times he played. Bryce Duke just played for the first time just recently. Like, I feel like the the team hasn't played together a lot. Now that could be a detriment to us, right? Because they don't have that chemistry yeah, yet. But we haven't seen them. Like everybody's like, oh, but you only beat FIU. I was like, yeah, but we really didn't play our our starting eleven very much together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
up until this past Saturday. And we really don't even know yeah. what, what's going to happen mm. with Pizarro if he's starting. So I'm still optimistic. Mm. I, I still don't think agree. we win. I agree. Like, and, like people must understand. Yes, there are eight stars that are coming back from Montreal, so there's a lot of familiarity. So it, it's fine. Like for me, they're not they're not gonna look like bad or look dis, disorganized. I just think I'm just afraid for the offensive link up. How it's gonna work out without Mihalovic yes, and Kone? So and I might be surprised. You know, maybe Montreal win four one because Sean Ray and Saliba, another young guy, might be like the next Ismail Kone, which is which is great. I'm just I'm. I've been watching this team for 10, 11 years. Covering them, I've been burnt. Not burnt. I've been like, let me lower my expectation and wait and see, yeah. uh, because it's it's kind of difficult. And uh, I have my doubts on Losada, not because I don't like him. I like Nancy so much that anyone would have been in the spot. I would have been a bit skeptic. I'm like, ah, we had such a good thing. Why did he have to leave? With Nancy, right? So, yeah, so I just hope. Yeah, of course. And a beef with the owner. That's another story for another time. But <laughs> that one I didn't know about. As, uh, it's uh, it was crazy, and uh, uh, yeah. So hopefully, you know, it works out. And uh, he's a young guy with a good philosophy of you know attacking football, and we'll see what's gonna happen this weekend. But it should be fun. Yes, uh, it should be. I can't wait. We're, we'll be there. And uh, if you see us, who's your goalie? Tell me his name, because we usually yell at the goalie and cuss him out because uh, we're James, right behind the goalie. James Pantemis. Pantemis. Montreal, uh, Greek origin, oh, but like yeah, Montrealer. Pure oh, nice. oh, there you go. Chris, you could do that South Park bit to him. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, buddy, what are you doing, guy? <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Blame looking Canada. forward to it. Blame Canada for sure. All right. Well, Sofian, go ahead, Chris. You were going to say something? No, I was gonna. I was. I was gonna mention that you know. I even though this team has had a lot of changes, Montreal. At the end of the day, it's still scary to play them. I mean, I'm looking forward to the matchup, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, this is this is still gonna be a test. We're still playing a top team. Like yeah. you know, they're, they're still bringing back eight starters from us. Yeah, second this seed isn't, in this the East last year for sure. It's not a cakewalk. This is. Yeah, this isn't NYCFC with a couple janitors playing, you know, striker and left wing. Like, we're, we're still playing a pretty everybody, good everybody team. Everybody seems to think that their academy players that they've developed and brought up are going to fit in just right in, and they're not going to fall off. That's what I've heard. And we're going to have yeah. somebody from an NYCFC podcast in two weeks to tell us more about it. But um, Yeah, about their janitors? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, um, look, Sofian, I'll tell you this much. Uh, it was a, It was a pleasure to have you on. And I thank you so much for taking the time to get on the show with us here at the Battered Herons. I know that it's uh, late and uh, it's early over there. What are you talking about? It's like well, six it's late, but there. I mean, look, it's you know he's trying to get the kid to sleep. We've been there. The both of us have been there. So <laughs> shit, right now my wife will be coming and choking me out right now. So know, you, you got to keep I have, her. I have ten unread SMS. I think I'm screwed. Ooh. <laughs> no. Guys in the All right. house. Well, 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 before we we get Sofian in major trouble. There's a couple of questions real quick here. Adrian's asking, is there a young Montreal player we should look out for that can make a move to Europe like Kone in the future? In That's the a great future. question. That's a great question. Not as direct as Kone or hmm. like Sean Rea, he has ambitions. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean he can do it, but he has ambitions like I want to go to Europe as soon as possible. Wow. So okay. he's done one in the Canadian Premier League. It's not a top league, but still it's good. He a lot of play the professional games for two years. I think he could have the potential to just watch him and see. He could attract some uh, 
European teams, not like like Kone. It's not, it's not probably not going to be D1 right away, but he has sort of like something different in this game. And uh, he's, uh, uh, you know, when he came to the academy, he's always thought it was like, oh, he's good, he's good, he's good. And we see him now in the first team within a club that wants now to invest into young players. So it's good for him. I think Sean Ray is a player to watch, uh, I find, uh, for, for the near future, for sure. And one more, Jay Vasquez. I think this is to everybody. What do you think about the power rankings putting Miami at number 25? only four spots over in front of last place. This is what I think about it. I think when you have national media ranking these teams, it's uh it's a little it's 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 a not an in-depth analysis. Yeah, because they kind of read the Twitters, the tweets, they see what people are complaining about. They they're saying Joseph's over the, the the edge. We got Pizarro back. They don't really know too much about Negri and 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 Christoph, not that they're gonna be good, but I, I don't think that it's in-depth analysis. But I have to say that we're number look. Last year, the majority of those national analysts all had Miami mm-hmm. finishing 11, 12, or 13th in the conference. And we ended up making the playoffs and we the sixth seed. And if it wasn't for that first five-game start, we might have been had a home playoff game. So I don't put too much into it. And breaking news, Kieran Gibbs just retired. That's what Lucas is saying. So wow. breaking news. We just got the report from Lucas. He's, he's uh, on the side. He's over there getting all the reports he, for us. We're going to bring him on in the camera. Cold sign. (laughs) I I do believe him also. That's not going to make too much of a difference because he wasn't going to get much playing time anyway because he was going to be like the third left back, fifth center back. So, I mean, he probably retired just because he didn't see where he was going to play this season anyway. So, well, that's crazy. Well, that's kind of sucks because I was actually going to, I was actually going to tell Sofian that the one player that he's got to look out for is, uh, is Kieran Gibbs. Just to see if maybe he feeds that over to the CF Montreal organization, and then they're like, "Well, we got to watch out for this Kieran Gibbs watch. guy." Yeah, you should prefer Arsenal. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sophia. Again, we appreciate you spending time with us, uh, giving us a little insight on Montreal. We look forward to Saturday. Hopefully, we beat your asses, and um, you know, uh, thanks again. Anything else for the people, Chris? No man, it's been wonder it's it's been wonderful. Uh, you know, like I said before, Sofian, thank you so much for taking the time to get on the show with us. Uh thank you're, you you're speak welcome. In English. Yes, for sure. Yes. I mean, we we no, tried no a little we tried a little bit of French in the beginning, and we and you and I, Danny, we flopped all over the place. So it's okay, oh, yeah, it was bad. My Spanish is my Spanish is no bueno, so don't worry about it, man. Hey, but that's hey, that, that's yeah. good enough so far. I only know it from chocolate, Kinder. Kinder Bueno. Oh, kinder so I put bueno, no bueno. That's, that's right. it, man. I'm like I'm just a fat guy, man. <laughs> well, at least you're eating good chocolate. All right. Well, I thank you very much. I appreciate the invite and uh, anytime. Uh, my pleasure, guys. I really appreciate it. And if you guys want to follow, you know, just random people that French are into tweets. blogging and stuff, into, into well, yeah, you tweet in French a lot, though. So Yeah, I, I, do English. I, I do English. I do English. You can but click go ahead and follow and Sofian. If you just want to hear his voice just to soothe you, go ahead and follow him on Twitter, Sofian Benzaza. <laughs> And yeah. um, again, thank you a lot. You you're participating in the Con Football Podcast, also, right? Yeah, every Monday night uh, we record. You can find us on Patreon for the link, but also we'll put clips on Twitter. You know, you can follow me on my Twitter. You'll find all the clips as, as I share them. So you can have you can have a blast with us. And and your voice will put everybody to sleep and soothe yeah. them, no matter what language it is, right? He's gonna end up opening OnlyFans, guys. Relax, relax. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Sofian. We appreciate you. you. We appreciate everybody that joined us live in the chat. And we will catch you guys on Monday when we recap the game with, I don't know who's going to be on the show. Maybe it's just me and Chris. We'll see. All right. Thank you guys again. And we'll catch you guys on Monday.
がいる。